Hi, this is Stuart Hardy with All In Sports Outreach, and I'm so excited to share episode number 105 of our podcast with you. Today, you're going to hear from Coach Spencer Crace. Spencer's currently the quarterback coach, offensive coordinator at Pacific Lutheran University in Tacoma, Washington. He's married, two little kids, an incredible man of God, incredible man of character, loves the Lord, sees coaching as a ministry. In his words, coaching is a family ministry. I cannot wait for you to hear from Spencer, so let's jump right into it. Well, thanks for joining me today, Spencer. Yeah, man. Glad to be here. Excited about it. You bet. So I always like to start this out with some background information. So if you don't mind, just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you grew up, your family growing up, and maybe even your family today. Yeah, well, grew up uh, in this little town called Wilsonville, about 15 miles south of Portland, Oregon. Um and uh yeah you know nice nice community nice little area uh and um grew up in the the house of a coach um my dad's been a football coach uh this is actually going to be his 45th football team um this year and and um you know we get a we get an opportunity to to currently coach together um having him here here as our tight ends coach here at POU is pretty special and um, I also had an opportunity to be his office coordinator at a high school called Horizon Christian High School um, down there in Chualatin, Oregon. So, um, so I, yeah, I grew up in life, you know, in the house of a coach. And my, my mom, um, she uh, is just kind of a go-getter, you know, 5'3 woman who does a lot of stuff. Uh, if you ask me what she did, um, I probably couldn't pinpoint one thing. Um, she's been in real estate. She's been in business. She comes from a family that were all lumbermen. And, um, uh, so currently, um, my parents run a nonprofit called the total development center, uh, where they manage a, uh, they manage a turf complex and rent it out to youth groups. And, um, they've also done youth development camps. And then my dad does college consulting, uh, on the side. And he's also the Pacific Northwest regional director for three-dimensional coaching. Um, so he works with all the uh, coaches through the three-dimensional model, um, which is becoming, you know, more and more, uh, popular in the coaching world. Um, and so, uh, my, my parents were previously married, um, and went through kind of late life, uh, late life divorces. They, you know, they have their own stories. And, um, uh, so they, they, my mom had my older brother and my older sister, and then my dad had my other older brother and, um, they ended up meeting in church, um, late in life and uh um yeah fell in love got married and uh you know about nine months later here i am and uh <laughs> so my mom my mom had me at the age of 40 and uh so my parents my parents were much older and um so i grew up kind of a almost like a single child um the closest brother in age is nine years older so by the time i was going through elementary school he was he was leaving the house and so from that we ended up taking in a lot of kids mm. um my, you know, my, one of my closest friends and one of my best friends, uh, consider him a brother, um, uh, as a guy named Nick and, and we're in the same class. And, uh, so he, he's a part of our family. He came and lived with us junior and senior year of high school and then ended up getting a full, full scholarship offer to play football at Southeast Missouri state and, um, completely transformed his life and uh, still lives out there in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. And, um, so yeah, a little, little bit about my family, you know, one of four and they're all half siblings, but, um, we're all kind of scattered. My sister and I are in Washington, brother in Arizona, and another brother in Boise, Idaho. And uh, yeah, 
Awesome. And you're married now and have two of your own? Yeah. So, so my, my family, um, today is, yeah, we're, yeah, my wife and I have been married for six years. Um, my wife, Joelle was a division two volleyball player at Seattle Pacific university. And, um, we, uh, we have two young kids. We have a, our son, um, Barrett, everyone calls him bear, um, three and a half. He'll be four here, uh, here this November. And, um, then we just had a, uh, our daughter, uh, last year, she's going on about nine months, 10 months now. And, um, uh, her name's Hayden. And so two young kids under the age of four and, uh, happily married and, um, yeah, doing this, doing this life thing, man. That's awesome. That's a, that's a bit, a busy house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. So let's talk about your faith journey for a minute. Um, you mentioned your parents meeting at church. So, you know, obviously they were involved in a local church. And then at what point did, did you make that decision that you needed that personal relationship with Jesus? Yeah. So my, my family, um, really grew up in a, in a large Catholic family. Um, my mom's one of eight. Uh, I got 44 cousins, first cousins just on her side of the family. Wow. And, um, you know, so grew up in this large Catholic family, you know, con- uh, at, at a young age, you know, we would go, we'd go to mass and, um, you know, and, and do that whole thing. And then around seventh grade, my dad had an assistant coach on his staff who planted a church in a school and uh, invited us out and said, Hey, why don't you come to church? And, uh, I remember as, you know, really kind of one of the first times I experienced uh, kind of a non-denominational type church setting and, and really just fell in love with the worship, um, mm. fell in love with the format, fell in love with the message, and, um, uh, and I remember, you know, going to my parents saying, Hey, you know, this is, this is where I prefer to, that we start going to church. And then, uh, and then we transitioned, um, into a, a, another church called, um, uh, Grace Community Church at the time, which then later become, came Horizon Community. And, and at Grace Community, there's a pastor, uh, a guy named Roger Lavasa, a large, large Polynesian guy and played center at, um, Oregon State and, uh, I'll, I remember like it was yesterday, man, sitting there, in, you know, in eighth grade and uh, he shared, shared a sermon that day. And, um, you know, I had known, you know, known, known about God, known about Jesus, but never really, um, my parents weren't the type that forced it on you. You know, they, they let you kind of come to it in, on your own. And, um, you know, and we prayed and we, it was a huge part of our family, but it was, it wasn't something that was kind of this is what I had to do. And so around eighth grade, um, you know, he, he sent out the offer and the invite. And, uh, I remember accepting Christ and, uh, right before I kind of entered high school and, and life kind of transformed and changed from there. And obviously there are peaks and valleys, um, you know, and wasn't all, all perfect. And, uh, yeah, continued growing in my faith. And really it wasn't until about, uh, right around, I'd say like, three years ago, um, uh, I got baptized. And, um, so, uh, kind of had this internal battle to be honest with you, cause I was baptized in the Catholic church. Oftentimes you're baptized as a baby and, um, wasn't, wasn't sure if I was, uh, you know, kind of upsetting my family roots through the, you know, through, through our Catholic traditions, um, or whatnot, but, um, truly felt like, uh, if I was going to be a man of my word and, and kind of be all in, um, I needed to, needed to be baptized. So, um, 
so yeah, so it's, it's been a journey, man, been constantly growing in my faith every single day. Um, but, uh, it's been, it's been through mentors and people in my life. That's been pretty special. That's awesome. And we'll talk a little bit more, um, about faith in just a moment. I want to talk a little bit about sports now. So you mentioned your dad starting his 45, 45th year coaching. So obviously you grew up, grew up around sports and, um, playing football and, and then when did you decide to focus on football? Yeah, well, I mean, I played it all growing up, um, football, basketball, baseball, you know, grew up playing soccer. So about fourth grade and then fifth grade in my community is when football started. And um, so once I hit fifth grade, that's when I started playing football and uh, played all three sports all through high school. Um, and then and then honestly, went to college, went to college and played football and baseball. And, uh, and so that was, uh, that was something that it was, you know, it was, it was tough for me. Cause I, I was, whatever sport I was playing, I was, I was all in. Um, I wanted to be, uh, committed to that sport at that time. And, um, so, so it was, it was something that I never really just like said, Hey, I'm going, going to just purely focus on football. Um, and that really wasn't until kind of the end of my college career. Um, I played baseball in college for two years and, uh, and then, and then decided, okay, about my junior year, I got that coaching bug and, um, that's when I started dialing it into football. But, um, but yeah, it was, it was about, about that junior year of college there when football became the main focus. And where, where'd you play college ball? So I played at a small college, um, uh, called the university of Puget Sound. Um, here in Tacoma, Washington, and uh, another Division three school, and uh, yeah, awesome. And at what point did you decide that you wanted to follow in your dad's footsteps and pursue a career in coaching? Yeah, well, kind of like I said, it was it was about my junior year uh, at, at UPS where I decided that um, I wanted to I wanted to have the impact on young men that I saw my dad have and. Mm. You know, I, I was, I was learning the game. I was, I was studying the game. Um, and, but I was kind of getting to that point where I was kind of done playing the game. And, uh, you know, I, I, I played it for a long time and, um, was ready for that next chapter and that next journey. And so, um, yeah, it was about, about that junior year of college where it really set in, Hey, uh, I think this is what, what God's putting on the table for you. And, and, and obviously had a couple couple of opportunities open up um, right after college that I was able to jump into. And you've coached at both the high school and now um, coaching at the college level. So talk about your coaching journey and maybe the biggest adjustments or transitions between the coaching at high school and college. Yeah, I think the, you know, honestly, there, there's not a ton um, because a lot of that has to do with the, the guys at the high school level that I coached underneath, um, you know, coaching underneath my dad at Horizon Christian High School, um, and then coaching under a, a great coach, um, Thomas Ford at Stadium High School, who's now the head coach at a Division II school in Canada, um, and then and then coaching under a guy named Keith Ross at Sumner High School. So um, I had three great head coaches that uh, truly prepared me um, in a lot of ways, not just X's and O's, but um, from management styles to leadership styles to uh, doing, I always say, you know, you got 
that do more than you pay for. And, um, you know, high school coaches in the Pacific Northwest don't make any money. Um, you know, average head coach makes about $5,000. So, um, you gotta, you gotta do as much as possible with as very little pay. And, um, so from transitioning from high school to college, I think, uh, I was, I felt really prepared in a lot of different areas. Um, but of course, from a, from an X's and O standpoint, right. You see a lot more complexity, um, you know, see a lot more, uh, stunts and twists and blitzes and different coverage roles and all those different things. And we're in high school, oftentimes, um, you know, you're maybe seeing uh, one to two to maybe three different types of fronts or looks, um, if that. And uh, so it's a little bit easier to prepare um, for a Friday night than currently. I mean, a little bit more time that's dedicated to preparing for a Saturday, uh, but um, felt, felt very uh, equipped coming into this position and um, yeah. And I think the other challenge now is, is, is recruiting, um, yeah. you know, today's day and age and, uh, the culture we live in, right. And the social media culture, when, uh, everyone wants to post about an offer, um, everyone wants to, it's, it's all, it's kind of a me, me generation. Um, and, um, you know, you pick up the phone to call a kid and they, uh, they, they text you right back. Um, so not many kids having phone conversations anymore. Mm. And so the world of recruiting, um, you know, it's, it's just, it's constantly changing. So as we adapt and as we grow and as we, um, you know, develop, develop your style of, you know, promoting your school and being an ambassador for PLU and then relating to these kids on multiple different levels. Um, that's, that's constantly a challenge and, uh, but it's fun. It's fun to make those relationships, um, all across the, the Western region. And, uh, so yeah, I, I would say there's a little bit of the challenges, but, um, I felt very well prepared and equipped coming into this position, um, making the leap from, you know, high school office coordinator, college office coordinator, because, uh, because of the men that I had in my life that I worked under. Yeah. You know, and, and you and I talked kind of offline about division three football and it's actually a, a special place because a couple of things, I mean, kids there, they're truly not the, all their eggs are not in the football basket. You know, they're, there for academics as well, but also, you know, you can get an athlete that is maybe a late bloomer. So is there an athlete or two you've coached? Maybe it's at the high school level, maybe it's at the division three level that just stands out just from a pure athletic standpoint. Yeah. Well, you know, prior to this job at PLU, I coached three years at, at uh, Sumner high school. And, uh, and, and honestly, there, there were three kids there that were just different. Um, one of them is a kid named Connor Weddington. Uh, he's, he's starting, starting wide receiver at, at Stanford. Um, and last year was a freshman, uh, uh, started or two years ago. And then he ended up, um, tearing his ACL over the off season. And, uh, and now he's back and just was the leading receiver in their first game, uh, in the opening, opening game last weekend. And, uh, so he, he's special. Um, he, he was uh, a kid I've never, uh, never seen before on uh, the way he ran cut vision could do it all. And then another kid is a kid named Ben Wilson. Um, and, uh, he, he's one of those kids that literally could just do it all. He, uh, he currently plays linebacker at TCU and, um, oh. uh, was a freshman, uh, got in as a freshman, um, on all the special teams and, and even saw some time at linebacker, um, as a true freshman last year. And then recently, um, uh, suffered an injury here. Uh, so, um, yeah. And then, and the last one is a guy named Trey weed, um, 
who was just from a pure athlete standpoint could, could literally play at any position on the field. Um, he was, he was pretty special and he currently, uh, is a redshirt freshman at Eastern Washington university and, um, is, is one of the best, best players I've, I've ever had the chance to coach. That's awesome. What about maybe an athlete that you've seen God use, um, use you in their life? Yeah. Um, the guy I would, I would have to say is a guy named Zach, uh, Zach, um, came and lived with my wife and I this summer. Um, we took him in, he was our starting right tackle here at PLU this past year. And, uh, Zach was the president of FCA club here on campus last three years. And, um, so three years ago, uh, I had, I had no, no inclination uh, of really coming back to you know, coaching college football. Um, but I was serving here on campus at PLU and just doing ministry and, and meeting with kids and, and Zach was one of those kids that um, came into my life and you started having coffee on a regular basis and going out to lunch and developed a pretty tight knit relationship. And then, and then all of a sudden, as God would have it, um, I became his office coordinator a couple of years oh. later. And so we went, you know, from a, a friend, a really tight knit friend relationship, mentor relationship to, you know, player coach relationship. And, um, um, but it was a, a very positive move. And um, so uh I got a chance to see Zach just continue to develop and grow, um, as a man. And, um, you know, he, uh, like I said, he moved in this past June. He just recently moved out as he's going up to graduate, uh, grad school in Western Washington. And, um, he, uh, spent the last three months and we had a couple mornings there where, you know, we were bright, bright and early spending time diving in the word and, and encouraging each other and praying with each other and, um, just seeing him grow he's a pretty special guy. So wow. that's pretty amazing. I got to tell you as a dad, um, thinking back to when my kids were, um, three and newborn, I'm not sure how would have been like to have a college kid, you know, moving in and living with us. That's, that's definitely, um, a God thing. That's, that's incredible. Hey man, it was, you know, free babysitting. Uh, that's true. And- that's true. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. you did a great job helping us around the house with various projects and all that. That's awesome. No, that's very admirable and 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 what a testimony. So you mentioned being involved with FCA, and that's actually how we connected. Um, a friend that I met through social media, Jerry Christinger in, in, in Idaho, was at an FCA camp this summer and actually texted me from the FCA camp and said, hey, you need to contact Spencer. He'd be a great guest. So talk about your involvement with FCA. Yeah. I mean, FCA completely transformed my life. Um, I was going into my freshman year of high school. My dad said, Hey, I'm, I'm taking you to this camp. It's out in the woods. It's an all sports camp, leadership camp and uh, under the fellowship Christian athletes. And I uh, said, let's, let's go. And so we went out and uh, it was at, you know, it was honestly, it was at that camp that I, I saw my wife for the first time. Um, mm-hmm. Never had the guts to talk to her. Uh, <laughs> uh, developed a crush from a distance. Ended up coming back the next year, and it was at the next year's camp um, that I uh, met my college coach. Uh, he was there working the camp, and uh, we sparked up relationship, and um, and that's that's where that conversation started. And so uh, I ended up 
getting heavily involved as an, as an athlete at my high school and then went to college and became, uh, you know, was, was a, took over as president of our, you know, huddle in college. And, um, and then it wasn't until after, after, uh, college that I, I accepted a role as, uh, the area rep, um, for a local area and was also coaching, coaching, uh, part-time, um, quarterbacks and running backs at university of Puget sound. And, um, and so it's doing kind of both and, and balancing that before I headed back down to Oregon. But, um, recently or a few years ago, right when I came back, um, I just felt God was prompting me, uh, to, to get more involved, uh, with FCA again. And, um, through, through some, through some key mentors, I sat them all down and said, Hey, here's what I feel like God's telling me and what I need to do. They said almost verbatim, uh, Jesus and sports, man, that's who you are. And, uh, so um, my wife and I decided to take the leap of faith and we jumped, jumped back into the ministry and we were serving kids and coaches and um, starting huddles. And uh, yeah, so um, I, I am where I am today because of FCA. I, my, my wife is in my life because of FCA. Um, I coach the way I coach because of fellowship Christian athletes. Um, and uh, so now, uh, you know, currently, you know, my role is, is, is to, and more on helping with the ministry development side, um, continuing to grow the ministry here locally. Uh, I focus more, a little bit more on the, the fundraising and uh, board development. Um, but uh, still, from time to time, I'm popping, popping my head in and meeting with kids and, and really, really trying to dive into our coaches ministry. Um, that's, that's really my heartstring um, is uh, doing coaches ministry, um, you know, living this life with other coaches and, and talking about how can we be an example for Christ on the field, uh, through the game of football or basketball or baseball, whatever it may be, but whatever sport we coach, um, how can we glorify him? I think that coach's ministry is, is really important not to discount the ministry to, to the students, but, you know, you reach the coaches and then they're pouring into the students, you know, just, you have the, I think the greater opportunity for impact is through building a strong network of coaches. I love that. That's awesome. So clearly a lot going on um, with coaching, being involved with FCA, um, the demands of coaching. Um, so how do you balance that with being a husband and a dad? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm in one of the, the highest divorce rate professions in the country. Um, and, uh, you know, so the first thing, first thing I would say is, is one, um, obviously I married an incredible wife, have a, have an incredible wife. Um, my wife, Joelle is, uh, pretty special, right? She, she's an athlete. She gets the grind of, um, you know, being successful college athlete and, and the time commitment that that took. Um, and so, so, uh, I couldn't do any of this without her support. Um, she's always around the facility. She's always coming out to practice with the kids. Um, you know, in our short year and a half, two years that we've been at PLU, we've hosted multiple dinners, Super Bowl parties. Um, so, so we truly see this as, as our ministry. Mm. Uh, this, you know, this isn't a, this isn't necessarily a job. Um, this is, this is our ministry to, to pour into the lives of these kids. Uh, the other thing I would say, man, it, it, to, as coaches, you know, it's especially with young families and whatever it may be that they're involved in, you got to be intentional with your calendar. Um, you know, one of the things we do constantly is uh, we, we just have block time. 
Um, so what I mean by that is on, you know, if you're using Google Calendar, um, if something's on my calendar, I'm doing it. And so um, blocking out time, committing to that time. And so so I, I will I will on my calendar block out time with family, um, block out time with, hey, we're going to have dinner here or block out mornings being like I'm having breakfast with with my son bear um, or block out a morning walk. So being intentional with that. And then, and then the other one I, I gotta say is you, I, I'm kind of freakishly organized. Um, I, I like knowing where everything's at and I'm, I'm dialed in when it comes to an organization standpoint. And so, uh, that allows me to not waste time. Uh, I think in this profession, there's a lot of water cooler time. Um, coaches sitting around talking about, uh, you know, what happened over the weekend or, uh, sharing stories and, um, you know, and and that's all fun. And there's time and place for all that. But at the end of the day, um, I am pretty efficient. Uh, I know what I got to do when I got to get it done. And once it's done, I'm ready to go. And thankfully I work for a head coach, man, who gets that. Um, that was the first thing he told me. Uh, he said, he said, your, uh, your faith and your family got to come first. And, um, so we, you know, we, we talked when I took the job and I said, look, if you, if you want a coach who, who's going to just totally negate his family and uh, not be around, um, that I'm not your guy. I'm going to watch my son grow up. I'm going to be there for my daughter. And, uh, um, obviously number one, going to make sure that my wife and I have a healthy marriage. So it's hard. Um, nights can be long and mornings can come very early. Um, but, but because of my communication with my wife and, and living by, you know, intentionality and um, being organized and, uh, and knowing where my priorities are um, allows me to, to be the best husband, father, and then, and then coach comes last. That's good. That's a good perspective. I, I, I wrote some notes there. Um, you know, my wife and I are continually improving on, especially the calendar. Yeah. Um, of, you know, we're real good about putting, you know, doctor's appointments, stuff like that, but trying to even add more to it, not to fill the calendar up, but to be intentional and, and not to waste time because you're right. It's easy to get sucked into that water cooler time, if you will. Um, yeah. Inefficient. So that's awesome. So this next question really has to do with our culture um, and the role of sport. So we live in a divided culture. Um, a lot of things divide us, race, politics, religion, socioeconomics, not to get into politics, but really sports is one of the few things that I think can tear down those walls. So in your experience in both playing and, and, and coaching, how have you seen the, the role of sports tearing down walls of division where, where they exist? Yeah, I mean, I think every team I've ever coached, uh, has every possible background, every different walk of life, every di- different ethnicity, um, you know, different home life, different story. Um, I think the beauty of sport is that, uh, you bring, you bring different walks of life all together for, for a common good, right. For, for a goal and a purpose. And, um, and so, uh, one of the, one of the things I remember, uh, I was coaching at, uh, Horizon Christian High School, small Christian school. We had about 35 guys on the team and um, none of them really lived in the area. 
And uh, we had kids from wealthy families, kids from poor families. We had, tra- you know, uh, we had, uh, what do you call them? Um, exchange students. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we had, uh, you know, African-American kids. We had white kids. We had Asian kids. Um, and it, it, was, it was just very, it was very diverse, but it was really cool because we were able to take a group of kids who didn't grow up together never played youth football together, never, never really knew each other. And we were able to one focus on the heart of a kid and mm. if you can focus on the heart and, and hear their story and what, what makes them tick. Um, then you can start breaking down those walls. Then you can start having those real conversations. And so, um, the beauty of sport is that it's the only thing that brings everyone together from different walks of life and allows us to, uh, compete alongside each other, compete against each other. Um, and, and not have to worry about um, these social divisions or, you know, cultural divides or anything like that. That's awesome. And, you know, and really you talk about a common goal. Anytime we talk about this question or this topic, um, it just, just a reminder um, that that's really the picture of how God designed the church, you know, the big C church that, you know, we would all have the common goal, loving God and loving others. And if we could come together like sports teams do, we could really, we could impact a lot of people. So I, I love talking about that question because it is a reminder of how we should live every day, not just on the football field or the baseball diamond. Really, if we call ourselves followers of Christ, we sh- we're all, should I, we have a common goal. Yeah. But so often we, we have things that divide us as well, even inside the church. Um, they take our eyes off that common goal. So it's always just a good reminder. Yeah. So this next question um, has to do with some advice for student athletes and coaches. We have a lot that listen to to this podcast. And so it's not an e- easy time necessarily to to be bold in your faith, depending on where you live and where you coach, where, where you're playing. Um, there can be a lot of resistance. So, what advice would you offer a student athlete or a coach that really wants to embrace um, that platform of athletics and use it um, to be that bright light for Jesus? Yeah, I think one, um, you got for, I'd say first you got to find a mentor mm. uh, or mentors, uh, whether you're a coach or an athlete. Right. Uh, one of the greatest things I ever did when college um, read a book, uh, by a guy named Bob Mowad, um, who was uh, a mentor to my dad. And in the back of the book was the address to their office and never realized that the office was five minutes from my college mm. and got in the car, drove over there, walked in and, and, and Bob had, had passed away prior. So I know he wasn't there. Um, but, uh, I, I found out who, who the CEO was and it was a guy named Eric Bowles and Eric Bowles, uh, currently is, is one of the top, inspirational, motivational speakers for Fortune 500 companies all across the world and, um, and uh, played, played a short stint in the NFL. And, and, you know, I walked into his office, introduced myself, told him a little bit of my story and said, will you, will you spend time with me? And he, spent, he said, every Friday morning, be here and let's spend an hour together. And um, mentored me through my entire senior year of college. And then that, that led to other mentors and pastors and um, so I think, I think in today's day and age, um, yeah, if you're, you're going to continue to 
grow, grow in your faith through the world of sport. Um, just in life in general, you, you got to have someone in your life that that's been there, done that and can speak into you. Um, the other thing I'd have to say, uh, mainly from a coach's perspective is you got to build relationships with everyone. Um, oftentimes we're, we're a little closed off. We don't go and shake a hand. We don't go and introduce ourselves to someone. Um, we're afraid uh, of that interaction. Um, but th- this is a profession that's all about relationships. Mm. Um, I am here, I'm here today because of relationship. Um, and so, uh, I think that's huge for kids too. Um, if you're an athlete, you gotta, you gotta continue to work on building those relationships. And, and I think we think kids do it in a different way nowadays. Um, you know, we try and implement here at PLU, the old school model, man, kids aren't, they're, they're not allowed to bring their phones to meetings. Um, you know, every kid's required, you know, required to have a sit down one-on-one conversation with someone at every meal. Um, mm. and, you know, how do you, how do you get to hear someone's story when, when all you're doing is checking social media? Um, you know, so building relationships, uh, then I, the last two things I guess I would say would be one, you got to pray constantly. Um, I think we're misconstrued in our prayer life. I think a lot of guys pray for things thinking that God's just going to grant every prayer that comes to them. Um, I, I tell our kids pray for opportunities, um, pray for an opportunity to speak into someone else's life today, pray for an opportunity. Uh, you know, I pray that someone walks through my door in my office and, and, you know, wants to, wants to ask me, you know, what makes me who I am? Um, you know, so constantly be praying for that. And then, and then an old FCA saying is, is you got to compete and you got to coach for an audience of one. What are you doing it for? Why are you doing it? Um, and hopefully it's not for mom and dad. Hopefully it's not for the notoriety or to post a really cool graphic on Twitter. Um, hopefully you're competing because, uh, and, and coaching because you want to glorify God. So, yeah, I think that the, those, the, that's just some of the advice that, I constantly am sharing with kids um, and coaches that I think can, can definitely help. Absolutely. There's, I mean, there's those, those that you mentioned really apply to those outside of the athlete and coach field. I mean, I look back at my life, the greatest growth is when, you know, I have people speaking into me um, about what it means to be a husband, what it means to be a dad or making a, a possible career change, you know, talking, getting wise counsel. I mean, and that's biblical. So yeah, that finding a mentor and, you know, praying and building relationships is incredible. And then, you know, and who are we doing it for? It doesn't matter where you are in life, you know, um, we should have our eyes on trying to glorify God. That's good stuff. So a lot of people have a favorite scripture or life verse, so I was going to ask if you had a scripture you'd share with us or, you know, perhaps there's one that God has shown you recently um, that, that you'd share with us. Yeah, I think uh, the, the scripture that always comes to mind for me has been James 1, 2 through 3. Uh, I know it's pretty popular scripture, I'm sure. Um, but I always found it interesting because. You know, I just, you know, consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds because of because the testing of your faith will develop perseverance. Mm. And and as I look at that, consider it pure joy 
when you face trials um, is interesting because our society tells us run from trials. Uh, don't engage in um, tribulation or tough times or, you know, uh, try and avoid it as much as possible. But um, success comes through failure and we're going to have trials. We're going to have tough times. Uh, life is going to hit us across the face sometime. And um, if we can truly know that because this is happening, God's going to help us persevere um, and we can find joy in it. Uh, we're we're going to be, we're going to be all right. And so, um, so yeah, that's just, it's a verse that I, I constantly live by because life's not always sunshine and rainbows. Um, there's going to be ups and downs. And uh, so trying to find the joy um, in the, in the tough times is, has been a huge focus for me. And, um, you know, I heard, heard a guy say one time, oftentimes we're looking for God in the extraordinary when we should just be seeking him in the ordinary. Right. Mm. And, um, so, uh, there's going to be ordinary times, ordinary moments, but, um, uh, when those trials hit, find the joy in it, knowing that you're going to persevere through it because you have a, you have a God that loves you unconditionally. That's good because it's, you know, it's definitely not if we face a trial or if we have adversity, it's when. So, um, you know, choosing joy during that is critical because we're going to go through a tough time. So it's how we, how we see it. That's, that's important. So the last question, um, two words in sports all in, you know, it's all over, chin straps, t-shirts, battle cries, wristbands. But it's also, Jesus is very clear um, about if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you got to deny yourself, which is being all in. So I want to ask you in a practical sense, Spencer, what does that look like for you in your daily walk to be all in with Christ? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is, is <laughs> you got to be sold out. Um, and like you said, uh, um, are you willing to go above and beyond, sell your possessions, um, right? Are you willing to do uh, sometimes the the radical things to truly be all in um, and uh, and surrender surrender your heart, surrender your soul um, to Jesus? Uh, I was, you know, I was thinking about this earlier today, um, you know, knowing that, you know, one of these questions um, is going to come up. And uh, I can't remember when, but a while back, FCA had um, – a theme, it was all in. And, uh, and so I looked it up and, um, and the, the FCA's definition of all in was this is, um, it requires total surrender of your plan. It requires a complete commitment to the goal. It requires absolute trust in the coach. It requires the courage to go big or go home. It requires a leap of faith a sold out relationship with Jesus Christ requires you to be all in body, mind, and spirit. Every thought, word, and action is to glorify the savior. Wow. No, no looking back. It's time to take a leap of faith and commit hundred percent to your coach, Jesus Christ. When you are all in body, mind, and spirit, there is no limit to what God can accomplish through you. And then, uh, and then FCA shares Colossians 317, and whatever you do in word or in deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the Father, through him. So I just thought, 
for what, you know, from what you're doing, Stuart, and, and the ministry you have here, um, I thought that was just a perfect definition of being all in, uh, in, in your walk, um, through, through body, mind, and spirit and, uh, sacrificing it all for Jesus. I like that. Uh, just that reminder of the body, mind, and spirit, every thought, every action, every word, because that's, um, if we were truly, you know, if I every day truly sit back and ask the question, it's my every thought, every action, every word, every moment, is it, is it truly a reflection of my relationship with Jesus? That's, that can be scary some days. You know, yeah. if, I, if I truly, you know, take a honest and transparent inventory of my own life, you know, and ask, and ask the question, um, does it truly reflect Jesus um, in body, mind, and spirit? Um, unfortunately, it doesn't every day. Um, but that's a that, that's an incredible definition. I knew FCA had that theme, um, but I never went and looked at their detailed definition. I love that. I'm gonna I'm gonna um, look that up and print it out and give it to to my son and some of his buddies because that's that's awesome. Yeah, I love it. Hey man, I know. Uh, I know y'all are finishing up fall camp today. You got a lot going on, so I appreciate your time. Um, I've enjoyed it, enjoyed hearing a little bit more of your story. And um, I know, you know, I say this often to people, and I, I truly believe it to be real that if if this one never gets published, God's used it to encourage me. So, so I know if he's used it to encourage me, there's somebody listening that also will be encouraged and challenged as well. So I, I, I truly appreciate it. Right on. I appreciate you and, and all you're doing through the world of uh, sports and, and ministry and faith. Thank you again to Spencer for taking time to share his heart, to share about his journey and his relationship with Christ and to encourage us. And one of the things that really stood out to me as I look at the notes from uh, recording this episode was the importance of having a mentor. And he talked about that in relation to student athletes and coaches. But that's very important um, as a husband, as a dad, as a wife, as a mother, um, as a son or a daughter, no matter where you are, um, whatever stage of life you're in, it's very important to have a mentor, people that can pour into you, that can share wisdom with you, um, can give you godly counsel, wise counsel. And just remember that no matter what you're doing it, doing in life, you're doing it for the audience of one, and that's for Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what everybody else thinks. We, we need to live our lives focused on bringing honor and glory to Jesus. He talked about um, in his favorite scripture, and we've shared this before with other guests, James chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, and it talks about choosing joy in adversity. I tell people all the time that, that uh, talk about shouldn't the Christian life be all good. But the Bible is very clear, and this verse says, you will go through trials. It's not if, it's when. And when we go through that adversity, if we choose joy, we're allowing God to use that adversity to grow us, to strengthen us, to point other people to Him. So it's very important that when you and I go through adversity that we do choose joy. And then the last thing, and the last question, when we're talking about what does it mean to be all in, in a practical sense, it's total surrender. It's not your plan, my plan. It's His plan. And it's, you know, we can't look back. we got to always look forward, always looking at the cross, that every thought, 
every action, every word needs to bring honor and glory and be pleasing to God. Because with that, we're living out what God tells us to do, and that's to love Him with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and then to love our neighbors. Loving God and loving others. And if we approach every day with every thought, every action, every word, we're truly all in in our relationship with Christ by loving God and loving others. Thank you again for listening. If this is your first episode of listening, I really encourage you to whatever podcast platform you're using to click the subscribe button. This is episode number 105. There's 104 other episodes that I know will encourage you. And and I am so excited about the episodes to come. We have some incredible guests coming up soon that you're not going to want to miss. And I would also ask you to share this episode. I know there's somebody in your life that needs to be encouraged today. So click the share button. You can share it via a simple text message and send them the link. And and I know by hearing Spencer's story, somebody will be encouraged today. And the, the last thing I would ask you is we love to hear from you. So go to our website, www.allinsportsoutreach.org, or you can go Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and just type in All In Sports Outreach, and you can find us, and you'll see who we are, why we do what we do, and opportunities to pray, opportunities to serve, and opportunities to give. Thank you again for listening. Truly appreciate your continued support, encouragement, and your prayers.